0: Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that we can study today and that you can get us unstuck. And sometimes what's worse than being stuck is, and knowing we're stuck, is being stuck and not knowing we're stuck. And a lot of us today are stuck and we don't know it. So help us figure out that we're stuck, then get us unstuck. In Christ's name, amen. So I was listening to the story today and I thought, you know, sometimes we get ourselves in a situation and we don't even recognize we're in a bad situation until later on. And this was the case with the children of Israel who had gone down to Egypt to get unstuck from a famine, but ended up having to stay there, depending on what passage you read, 400 to 430 years. And when they went to Egypt, they kind of lost their memory and their focus because of the situation they were in. And then when they figured out there was a problem... And they figured out that they were stuck. It says in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out. And their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. So the children of Israel were stuck and they cried out. And sometimes it takes longer time to get unstuck than it does to get stuck. I remember I was in Romania once and my relatives or my wife's relatives I was visiting, they had a dog whose name was Crafty. Crafty the dog. He was supposedly Crafty. The reason they thought he was crafty was that he, he could climb anything. He could climb trees. He was like a cat. He could climb buildings. But well, there's something about his paws, sort of like your paws, that didn't work right. He could climb up, but he could not climb down. So we would hear him barking. <laughs> we go up. There he is. On the top of the shed. Can't get down. And it was very dangerous to get him down. In fact, several times I said, just leave him there. (laughs) He got himself into it. He'll fall out finally. They loved him too much and they'd go get him. I think he's probably still alive. I'm not sure all the relatives are. But they loved him so much, they would rescue him from very treacherous situations. And this is what God did in Israel. But let me talk to you a little bit about the slavery they were in. Look in chapter 5. You remember how they came and Moses said, I want to take these children out. I want them to leave. And how the king responded to that. Verse, chapter 5, verse 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. And so they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with a pestilence or with the sword. Then the king of Aaron said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their what? Work. Get back to your what? Labor. Pharaoh says, "Say, look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them Shabbat or rest from their labor. And this is a sermon about the Sabbath, so that's the word Sabbath there. Now let's keep going. So the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, You shall no longer give people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And you shall lay upon the quota of bricks and they, that they made before, and you shall not reduce it for their idol. Therefore they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. And they're just trying to get out of work. Everyone knows that work is the most important thing, and they're just trying to get out of it. Let more work be laid, verse 9, upon the men, that they may labor in it, and let, them not regard, and let them not regard false words. And the taskmasters of the people and their officers went out and spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go get straw where you can find it. And let none of your work, work be reduced. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt together, stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was straw. And the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had sent over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick, both today and yesterday as before? Or yesterday and today as before? In other words, why are you not what? Working. Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh and says, Why are you dealing thus with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make brick. Indeed, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle, idle. Lazy, lazy in some translations. Therefore you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore go now and work, for no straw shall be given you. You shall deliver the quota of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel, saw that they were in trouble after it was said, You shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. And then they came, and they met Moses and Aaron, and and they said, Let the Lord look at you and judge, because you've made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and the sight of his servants to put a sword and kill us. Pharaoh's system was built around work. We love to talk about how hard we work. Have you ever heard someone talk about how hard they work? Or how they kind of ripped someone else off? Made people work for nothing? (laughs) Pharaoh had a pyramid scheme, and the pyramid scheme went right to him. All the work went right to him. All the labor, everything went right to him. And there was nothing more important than work. 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 Did that only happen in Pharaoh's culture? Does that only happen in Pharaoh's culture? We live in the same culture. And we like to produce things that are tangible. We like to acquire things. And that's how we're enslaved. In fact, some of you are coming to school here so you can get a job. I came here so I can work in a way where I'll be able to make a lot of money. Now, we don't talk about it. No, we're here for very holy reasons. Uh But I hear people saying, you know, I'm so glad Weimar has changed. Used to be you'd come here and then you never really could get a real job. But now you can get work. (laughs) Some of us graduate and we go to work. And those of us in the medical profession figure out how to work even on the Sabbath. Sabbath. I call it the vegetarian rebellion. I used to work as a nurse. And I worked every Sabbath I could because I got paid time and a half. But no one, I couldn't get in trouble because I was doing good for myself on the Sabbath. Then I met my wife, and my wife worked in a hospital, and she talked to me one day. She said, you know, uh, I notice you work a lot of weekends. Yeah? Why is that? Oh, you know, doing good. <laughs> Wasn't my wife yet. I had to, you know, not tell the truth totally. And she goes, well, why do you do that? And I, and I didn't want to answer, but I, so I didn't really. And she goes, you know, I sometimes have to work, switchboard, but I never take any of the money. Well, you don't, what do you, what, what do you mean you don't take the money? Well, I give it away. You what? I give away the money. Really? I mean... I knew she was beautiful physically, but now she sounds like Ellen White. I'm like, wait a minute. She's beautiful, but she's got the character, a good character. And I became convicted. So I started to give away my Sabbath money. And something odd happened. A lot of people were very interested in visiting with me at the hospital. People that couldn't afford their medications or people that want, needed a little extra help. Pretty soon the, the story went around the neighborhood in Benton Harbor. And people would show up. I heard there's someone that could help us. <laughs> that would make a lot of money, but I had some money. I started to give it away. And that went on for a while. I still remember the last day that that occurred. There was this little kid pointed at me and said, He's here! Kind of like running slow motion. I could see it. And I was like, wow, man, this is a great feeling. I feel like Jesus is, you know, he's helping people. And they all, 65 people lined up. I counted it. They're all ready. To... And I'd give them a steps to Christ or a desire of ages along with, Some money. Tell it ran out. But Lori the supervisor did not like that. Lori worked for Pharaoh. Work. Work. You're here for work. You're not here to do this. Go up to her office. Senator office. Don, you, you were the nurse of the year last year for the hospital. We all love you. I was like, stop! I've had several girlfriends, and that's the last thing they said to me. We all like you very much. Then they broke up with me. Are you breaking up with me? It's a hospital breaking up with me. She said, maybe. So what, 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 what? She goes, you listen very closely. You can stay if you work, but you never are going to be scheduled again from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. I was like, what? Why is that? She goes, you know why that is. <laughs> because it's your Sabbath. And you're giving all your money away. So I had to go back to my church. I had to tell them what happened. I lost my job. I lost my job on Sabbath. I lost my job on Saturday. I can't, go, I can't go back to work ever again Friday night. <laughs> they were like, what? And then they asked me why. And I told them why. And there were a number of physicians in that church that got really silent. And other hospital workers, they got really silent. And I said to them, look, we got to help these people in the neighborhood. Now I can't help them. you got to help them. And all kinds of funds came in as people started to calculate their Sabbath money. Maybe we should take up another offering right now. Amen. This was Pharaoh's system and in that system consider with me Exodus 20 8-11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do work. Is that what it says? All thy work. Does that apply to a doctor? Does that apply to a nurse? Does that apply to a physical therapist? Yes! <laughs> As I will explain in a minute. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Pharaoh is dead. His pyramid scheme is inverted. He's at the bottom of the Red Sea. Maybe we should call it the Dead Sea. And his idea about work is is turned on its head and now I'm asking you to honor me as the Lord God and I have something to tell you about the foundational element of Egypt and that is your works will not save you your education will not save you the money you make will not save you. You are not saved by works. You're saved by grace. And I want to teach that to you by saying, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath Of Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh, the judge who judged Pharaoh. Elohim, the one who wants to enter into relationship with you. He doesn't just care about you for work. 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 He loves you for something much more than work. He wants to be in a covenant covenant relationship with you he heard your cry not because of what you were doing which is wrong but because of your abraham isaac and jacob he answered you because he wants to enter into covenant a covenant relationship with you now how many can see why i'm talking about this Did you come to Weimar to get a job? (laughs) Is that why you're here? Oh yeah, there's a lot of people there that are professionals and look what they're doing. Look at their lives. This is such a revolutionary statement. It's in contrast it's like there before the pyramids was pharaoh work 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 more bricks more straw your devotional life is not important you're just trying to get out of work midweek service not important (laughs) you gotta study don't go to midweek service Because your studies will help you get better grades and you can work. So religious things are not that important. (laughs) Did I just say that? But could we subtly think that? And here in the new constitution... That's given for the renewed kingdom of God. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do what? No work. You nor your what? Son nor your what? Daughter nor your what? Your male servant, nor what? Your female servant, nor your what? Ford F-150. Ford F-150 or whatever, your Hummer, whatever you're driving. Nor the what? Nor even the people that work within your gates. All the people in your employment, all the ways you make money, everyone who does anything, I'm saying, unlike Pharaoh, that every week, I want you to take a whole day and not work. So you remember something. And that is what? I am... The Lord thy God, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of consumerism, economic slavery, work. You don't know how many people I talk to on this campus that are professionals that come to our Depression Recovery Program that are very, very wealthy But they're trying to end their lives. Why? They'll tell you why. Don, I got to the top, and I found out no one's there. That's because they went to the top of the pyramid. But when Moses went to the top of the mountain, there was someone there. And he gave them a law. And that law was meant to remind them that the most important thing in God's heart concerning you is his relationship with you. He loves you. He heard your cry. I know you're saying, wait a minute. I like work. I love it. That's what I'm saying to myself. I love work. Work's not bad. (laughs) Work's good. Six days. Six days shalt thou labor and do thy work. Economists will tell you that if any nation actually worked for six days a week, the economy would be pretty good. And as Christians, we should work six days. How many of you are saying, I only have five days. I need one more day. Anyone here? That's not a pharaoh statement, (laughs) okay? In fact, they've done a study of countries that have the Sabbath commandment as a part of their, their ethos, as a part of their culture, and they found out that those economies are much stronger than the economies where the Sabbath was changed or where there's no Sabbath there. But having stipulated that, Still, notice the focus. The focus of work for the six days is not to take away from the relationship on the seventh day. And it's also not to take away from what? The care of your neighbor. And that's the radical thing about the Sabbath commandment. Isn't it? I want you in relationship with me. But also I want you to have relationship with your son. And with your daughter. And with the people that work for you. And with, in that case, your cattle. On the stranger that is within your gates. As a matter of fact, you might even convert that stranger within your gates. Because unlike Pharaoh... You're going to be fair with those workers and you're going to say, look, take a break. Rest. And that word rest literally means enter into joy. How many think this is not just a message for ancient Egypt? How many think this is not just a message for ancient Egypt? It's a message for now. And to the extent that we break the Sabbath with our vegetarian rebellions, we're going to be poor of spirit in a negative sense, not like the Beatitude poor spirit. We're going to shrivel up. All the rest of the commandments. Then pivot. To make this point because if you understand that your identity is with God there's no one of the gods of Egypt commandment number one none of their commandments but instead of God instead God's commandments none of their vanity but instead God's humanity this is all embodied then by reminder on the seventh day and then played out to everyone else in society, to love your neighbor as yourself. Suddenly, you honor your father and your mother. You're not disrespectful to them. They're not part of the throwaway culture because they're old. Just because they're old and can't work doesn't mean they're not valuable and you honor them. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah? You don't dishonor people because they're old, don't have hair, or the hair that's there is gray. They're not a part of a throwaway culture. They're respected. You want to hear what they have to say. And they have something to say. Now that I'm old and gray haired, oh God, don't forsake me. Till I declare thy strength to this generation and every generation that's to come, Psalm 71, 17. You don't get involved in sexual issues, adultery, fornication. Because people are not throwaway people. You don't want to throw away someone's marriage by speaking by speaking or sleeping with their spouse. You have a respect for humanity. Because of what God did for you, was a husband to you, you honor families. You would never try and break one up. You know, steal. All that stuff is stealing you see in the pharaoh system everybody's at each other trying to win i got a better grade on the test i'm gonna get into a better school than you i have excellence in academics but you don't there's nothing wrong with excellence in academics unless there is How many of you ever met someone where there is something wrong with their excellence in academics? If it's meant to worship God and to serve humanity, fine. If it's not, not fine. Thou shalt not what? Lie! Don't cheat. I mean, you're so into the fact that you're going to work for Pharaoh and become a white-collar slave. And you must be able to do that. So much so that you're willing to lie. Is it worth it? Because when you lie, what don't you have? You don't have relationships. And don't covet. What's coveting? Oh, I really wish I could get this degree so I can drive a car like Pastor Don. Does covetousness, envy, what the New Testament calls idolatry, beckon you? This is why the Sabbath commandment is so radical. How we can see why it's so radical? It shifts our attention from ourselves to God and to others. Do we need that? Do we need a God of total community involvement? Yes or no? I was reading about some other people who came to California. In 1848, there was gold discovered here in California, not too far from here, at Sutter Mill. The ensuing gold rust created a spectacle such as the world had never seen. The rush to California disrupted familiar practices. He who starts across the continent is most sure to leave his religion on the east side of the Missouri River, the writer said. And when one crossed the Mississippi, one traveled beyond the Sabbath, said another. You've come to California, but I hope you don't lose your religion by coming here. You've come to college but I hope you don't lose the Sabbath because you came here. I say this because I lost the Sabbath and I lost God at the beginning of my college career. And I was in as much bondage as you can get in soon after that. I didn't realize it. I did not realize it. I did not realize I had the gold handcuffs on. I did not realize it. Until I realized it. God saved my life. And I was able to come back to him. And then he gave me the opportunity to be involved in a place like Weimar, where, hopefully... The main message is not a message of Pharaoh, but a message of Moses. That the most important thing you learn here is to love God and your neighbor. That's the most important thing. So they headed out on this trail. Notice what happens. They traveled in companies having constitutions and charters. The constitution of a good number of the companies provided that Sabbath was to be a day of rest on the trail. But the Overland Trail was a crucible in which conventional patterns of Sabbath observance were severely tested. How were they tested? The article goes on, looking through several different journals, about 50 journals, 60 journals, and they, they categorized them into three groups. But this is what happened. Competition! Led people to stop keeping the Sabbath. Bands were competing for vital necessities, for grass and for water. And by the way, there was a cholera epidemic that was going through the, the trail. So that was like the coronavirus, and they had to watch out and they had to mask and they were sneaking around as they came across on the gold rush. But then they still needed to get the money, so they still came. But then if they had to stay away from someone else or this or that, they did it. And they desecrated the Sabbath and they gave up on it because there was a pandemic there was an epidemic. Secondly, anxiousness to get to the promised land of gold. Men especially were gripped by this in the trains, not so much the women. The materialism, the article says, or the journal says, engendered by the race for riches changed men's characters. If you are headed on a race for riches, it will change your character. How many of you don't want it to change your character? let me let me just be honest with you Jesus is coming soon and I don't care if, if you are the most highly trained professional if you accept the Sabbath truth, you will not be able to buy or sell. I'm not going to be driving any kind of fancy car around unless you still have it. If you're faithful in the Sabbath, you're not going to be able to buy or sell. And we're too close to the end of time for me to tell you that's not going to happen soon. So if your motivation is money, (laughs) you better give that up. Or not. You can buy and sell a little bit longer if you receive the mark of the beast. But you still lose it all just four chapters later. Oh, wait a minute. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, five chapters later. And you lose it in one hour. And you'll weep because you compromised. But you no longer can buy or sell because all the ships, merchant ships sank. I don't know. I don't care who wins the election. might be Trump. might be Biden. None of them are going to be able to fix this economy. No, $35 trillion? Do you think your job's going to put a dent in that? What people need is the Lord. Let me finish this up. So they fought over different things they gave up on the sabbath those with mules wanted to move faster as with auctions they said look we're going to leave you behind most compromised the sabbath here's one guy solomon gorgas he remembered the sabbath as a blessed day of rest and quiet which he had pre- passed at home before he went on this journey with welcome and joy but here is no rest on on is the cry no rest for man, no rest for beasts, no preaching, no praying. All respect for the Sabbath of the Lord is here forgotten. What was driving it? It's the economy, stupid. It was gold. You know who a lot of those people were that came this way? Those who had given up on God after the great disappointment. Ex Adventists. All kinds of them came out here. He began to describe what was wrong. Many things that would be wrong and looked at as highly impeachable and unchristian at home must be attended to by the wayward traveler. For example, people are washing and bathing and making repairs and rearranging their loads. All on the Sabbath day, he lamented. You see, he had an idea of Sabbath observance. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. How many think it's good to be known for a spirit-led, gratitude-led Sabbath observance? How many think it's good to be known for that? And if you're not reaching out to people and your circle of friends is just here within some little clique at Weimar you lose that because you have nobody you're witnessing to that's why TCI is so important that's by witnessing the community is so important you lose it you lose your orientation how many you following what i'm saying business inter- what about food preparation on the exodus prepare food to eat bake what you will bake boil what you will boil Do this on preparation day, before the Sabbath comes. That's where this man got this idea. Of course, the Israelites tested it. They tried not to do it, and then either there was no manna for them to pick up, or what they picked up went and spoiled. Business and travel. Jeremiah 17 talks about people traveling in and out, carrying burdens, and God said, don't do that. How many think that we should think carefully about what our travel is involved in? If we desire the blessing promised to be to the obedient, we must observe the Sabbath more strictly. This was written back in the late 1800s, the same time as this journal was written. I fear we often travel on this day when it might be avoided. In harmony with the light which the Lord has given in regard to observance of the Sabbath, we should be more careful about traveling on the boats or cars on this day. In these matters... We should set a right example before our children and youth. How many think that we might be able to set a better example on that? You don't just travel anywhere. Well, I think I'll just go here or go there. What does that teach? Now, She goes on to say, and the Bible does as well, that there are valid times to travel in order to reach the churches that need our help and give them the message God desires them to hear. It may be necessary for the travel on the Sabbath. But notice, there's a limited travel for doing what? God's work of sharing the message with somebody else. If you're doing that, you can travel. (laughs) If not, maybe not. What about doing our own pleasure? If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your own pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath of delight, honorable, and shall honor Him, not doing your own pleasure, nor seeking your own way, or speaking your own words, then you shall delight the Lord, yourself in the Lord. He will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of what? Of Jacob. So it's our own pleasure. What's the difference between doing God's pleasure, which is the most pleasurable, and our own pleasure on the Sabbath day? Pleasure seeking, ball playing, swimming are not a necessity, but show a sinful neglect of the sacred day sanctified by Jehovah. Is that a guideline? Is it really easy to think about God who brought you out of Egypt by going swimming? How many think that's easy to do? How about ball playing? There's three strikes one for God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't think so. Someone actually told me that. What should we do then? Rest, meaning enter into joy. The word rest is joy. And insert joy and rest for others, just like Moses, led by God, did for those who were in Egypt, who were coming out of the slavery of Egypt. Read and study. Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, he stood up to read. Go out into nature. Look at the flowers. Go by the lakes. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the earth showeth forth His handiwork, His creatorship. Day and day they utter forth speech. At night and night you see their glory. I went out with George and the faculty. And we went to these beautiful lakes. We went by those lakes. That was the love of God. The flowers we saw. Now George, he's, uh, he's sort of like a pharaoh type hiker. Work, let's work. I look up and he's gone, you know. I was like, <laughs> and he looks back at us, more bricks, more straw, you know. <laughs> I got, I'm still kind of hurting from that exodus experience. But, but he had the right idea. He had us out in nature. Hallelujah. Time with each other. I read this book called The Sabbath as Resistance. What was the name of the book? The Sabbath as Resistance. The whole book says if you actually keep the Sabbath, it's like the ultimate protest. How many think there's a lot of talk about protest going on? How many want to be involved in some of that? Did the Sabbath bring social justice of a biblical sort? Yes It brought people out of slavery How many be protesters for God? Protesters same book had a chapter and it said multitasking and the Pharaoh mindset. Pharaoh wants you to do more with less. you got a cell phone, you got an iPad, you got a computer. They're all going on at the same time while you're talking to somebody else. And therefore, nothing really gets done because he who is everywhere is nowhere. And you think that you're getting more done, but you're getting less done because you bought into the Pharaoh mindset of multitasking. How many of you are thankful that this year, this semester, you're not bringing your cell phone to class? Can you say hallelujah? you don't have to multitask you don't have to be like Pharaoh anymore you don't even have to bring it to church can you say praise God God. you don't have to be checking it while you're talking to everybody else this is my problem too I'm just being honest this is how I know so much about this (laughs) ding 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 okay thank you Pharaoh ding 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 Instagram not so Instagram Facebook no book every book (laughs) no matter we're scattered but this semester thankfully we don't have to do that. Can you say hallelujah? We don't have to take any more images. Thou shalt not make into the Im- images of the, what's going on. Can you say hallelujah? Back to our Sabbath trail and we'll finish up. Most would go along and compromise, but the stories of a faithful remnant of those coming to California gripped me as I read their journals here's one William Clark of Freeport Illinois and his companions made their contract with the express understanding that we would not be asked to drive on Sundays they were accompanying these wagon trains through and they said we're not going to drive on Sundays the men pledged to each other to stand by their bargain and not be run over by the train boss but their boss started to tell them to travel on Sabbath they would not. Finally, the boss said, that's it, you're fired. And he said, you got to leave and you can't take your guns with you. Well, they drew their guns and said, you know what? We're keeping our guns. <laughs> they feared for their lives. He wrote in his journal, they had men enough to massacre us, but they didn't have men enough or guns enough to make us drive. They were willing to die for the Sabbath on the trail to California. Can you say hallelujah? The boss pleaded with us, but we were adamant. You know where the word adamant comes from? It comes from Ezekiel chapter 2. In Ezekiel chapter 2, God gives, Ezekiel means the one the Lord strengthened. He gives him a scroll. He eats the scroll. It's sweet in his stomach. And he says, verse 10 of chapter 3, it says, it's in his heart. He loves God. He loves his sweetness. And then it says, you go tell the children of Israel. They're not going to listen to you. They don't listen to me. You tell them whether they listen or not. Tell them with sweetness. Tell them with love. But tell them nonetheless. And it says this in verse 8 and 9. I will make your forehead hard against their foreheads. How many want to have a hard forehead? That's your frontal lobe. You know what the best thing to do to strengthen your frontal lobe is? Reading the scriptures and the spirit of prophecy. It's not studying for the MCAT. Let me say that again. It's not studying for the MCAT. If you study for the MCAT without studying the word of God you are a danger to society. Did did you hear what I said? And if you do study God's Word, your frontal lobe will be stronger than others. Because it says, I'll make your forehead like adamant stone against the flint. What did they say on the the trail coming down here, Overland Trail? We were adamant about the Sabbath and that's exactly what Ezekiel says. That when you study God's Word and you become, you'll become adamant about God's Word and you won't receive the frontal lobe notions of others, your head will be stronger than their heads. How I many you want your head to be stronger than others' heads because of the sweet love of God's message and because of your relationship with Him? Let me finish it up. We were adamant, and they never again asked us to drive on the Sabbath. Fort Bridger, they took their pay. We took our pay, and we made our way to California alone. The remnant on the way to California. How many of you are part of the remnant as you've come to California? Revelation 10 pictures another group that has a sweet scroll. They eat that scroll. It's sweet, and they want to share it with everybody. And what does it say in Revelation chapter 10, verse 6? Because you created all things. Because you're the creator. That end-time movement will eat the scroll. There'll be people known for the Sabbath. for their keeping of the Sabbath. And they head out on that final exodus, prophesying to nations, tongues, and kingdoms. Looks like all hell's breaking loose. Looks like they can't stand up, and yet they do stand up. A couple of the bands had this to say, and we'll close with this. There was one faithful band that lay over on the Sabbath, Ingalls, who was the band leader. He noted with pleasure, that his party looked like everyone was passing them up, but they once passed 10 wagons, which had pushed ahead of them on Sabbath 10 days earlier. They rested, and then they were able to catch up with those wagons and pass them up. Don't know why you guys are so tired. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. See you later. Maybe maybe, maybe not that. That's the spirit of Pharaoh, isn't it? They (laughs) probably put them in the wagons to take them along. On at least two occasions, Chilson's outfit overtook, during the week, companies that had passed them as they rested on the previous Sabbath. And Chilson noted that his Sabbath-keeping company reached Carson City ahead of everyone that had traveled west of the Missouri River. All of them were compromising the Sabbath, but you know how kind of the tortoise and the hare? (laughs) Oops. And then this final one, the final one that really got my attention. Joseph Ware, Immigrant's Guide to California. How many of you have immigrated here for school? Welcome aliens and immigrants. You're coming here for school. Listen to this. Joseph Ware's Guide to California. Never travel on the Sabbath. Ware advised. We will guarantee, this is a person who led all kinds of tours, all kinds of people out here, we will guarantee that if you lay by on the Sabbath and rest yourself in your teams, you will get to California 20 days sooner than those who travel seven days in a week. You'll get to to California when? Basically three weeks sooner. Why? Why? Because you did it God's way. You didn't do it man's way. You were not sucked along by the Pharaoh-like mentality. You were sucked along by the Moses mentality. And Moses, according to Acts 3, was a type of Christ. That rock who led them was Christ. So how many of you here at the start of the year want to say, Look, (laughs) I've been sucked in some ways to the works of Pharaoh, but I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be a Sunday works oriented Christian. I want to be a Sabbath covenant oriented Christian. I don't want to just look out for myself. I want to look out for others. I want to love God. I want to love my fellow men. I want to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. How many want to say that today? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you today. Thank you today. That when we get stuck, you don't give up on us. And though you're being crucified by many in that street mentioned in Revelation 11, Egypt and Sodom, you do have faithful witnesses that will be faithful to the end. we want to be a part of those witnesses. We desire you to do what we can't do. And that is to write your law on our hearts and minds, and you've promised to do it, we want to let you do it, and we thank you, and we come in Christ's name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.